It's time to talk buffs with CU voice Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Uh, with us right now from Palo Alto, California, we'll be uh, calling the buffs, taking on Stanford tonight. Mark Johnson joins us. Mark, hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, best to you and your family. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it was very nice, very quiet. You know, when you've got uh, a couple of grandbabies like I do, it all revol- revolves around them and making a lot of messes and ripping a lot of stuff open and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was great. But that's what makes Christmas fun, right? When the little ones are there doing their thing. As you know, we get older, it's like, okay, we we, we enjoy Christmas, but seeing the, 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 the grandkids, the, the, the little kids enjoy that, that's just so much fun. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, we had them over at the house for, I don't know, four or five days, I guess, before it was all said and done. So, uh, yeah, it's exactly right. You know, that uh, old cliche about the joy of Christmas in a child's eye and all that, uh, we, we certainly enjoyed it all. So, yeah, we had a wonderful Christmas. Very quiet, but uh, ate too much. Not going to pay for that, but uh, outside of that, it was great. <laughs> uh, did you dress up as Santa Claus? No. No, I've never, I've never done that. Okay. Um, however, the way that speaking of eating too much, the way the physique's going, maybe I'll have to do that here in the near future because I'm, I'm trying to grow into Santa Claus. That's a sad thing about all of us, you know. We grow beards, it gets white, and we uh, get heavier. We could be Santa Claus. That's where I'm going, just like every other guy my age. You're, you're a Santa Claus in training. Yeah, I did it one year with with my granddaughter when she was probably like two, and we have a okay. picture where she's looking at me. She's like. Yeah, I don't think this is Santa Claus. This looks like Grandpa. <laughs> this looks like Grandpa with a, with, a, with a terrible, cheap, you know, white beard on. So she gave me a very the, the picture is great. She gives me a very uh, questioning look. Like, yeah, I don't think this is the the real McCoy. No doubt about it. Well, that. I've got a I've got a real beard, and so uh, it's 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 slowly becoming the color that it needs to be for Santa Claus. <laughs> so yeah, that that's another one, another check mark on the wrong side of the uh, ledger for me as well. Well, I'm I'm right there with you, Mark. Mark Johnson joining us today. We'll talk about the Buffs taking on Stanford tonight, but uh, want to kind of try to put a, a bow on, uh, on on recruiting, though the, the process continues for uh, Deion Sanders and the Buffs uh, coaching staff. But on Wednesday, another uh, highly touted uh, player committing to the Buffaloes. Um, it, it was uh, the three-star defensive lineman Eric uh, Brantley from Valdosta, Georgia High School, offers from Arkansas, Central Florida, uh, Iowa State, and others. That uh, this is for the 2024 class, and you really can't comment on that. But it yep. shows the mark the the influence that Coach Prime has had already on the guys that have committed for 2023 and be part of this in, in, incoming class for the Buffaloes. That that has now reached to 2024 already. Well, we're seeing a lot of that. Yeah, in fact, and it's so awful impressive. And then you look at at you know what what all of a sudden the commitments that he's gotten for 2024. And then the transfer class continues to run up. I think it's the highest-rated transfer class now for 2023, I think, in the Pac-12, and it's top, what, five or six or something in the country. Uh, and the overall class is now up into the 20s. And so, yeah, all those things we've talked about, Jim, with, with Deion Sanders in terms of kind of that draw, that star power, are, are kind of paying dividends here early. And, and young guys seem to be really reacting to that. So it's been awful impressive, man. And uh, yeah, right. I can't, I can't speak specifically to anybody from 2024, but we've all seen the reports out there. We know exactly who they are and, and what they've done and, and who they've been recruited by. And, and you know, that's one of the more impressive things <clears throat> over the course of, of you know being in this role for a long time now for the University of Colorado. I've always kind of watched. Okay, you're getting player A. Who are the schools that uh, you know were in the running for player A? Well, there have been times in Colorado where you know it was. Uh, some one double A's, and you know one of my favorites out there, Bob Street or you. You know, I like to throw that one out there, and you go, "Geez, man, it doesn't seem like anybody else is really attracted uh, to that guy." And just because other big boys are attracted to recruits, 
doesn't necessarily mean they're going to turn out to be players, but I think there's a better odds of that happening. And so right now when you're seeing these guys for 2024 committing and you say, okay, who else did he have offers from? And it was, you know, Georgia and Tennessee and, and Alabama and USC and, and schools that you're like, well, okay, all the big boys wanted this guy. And so it's awful impressive. He's been able to go early on in his tenure now at the University of Colorado and go head-to-head with big boys like that and in some cases actually flip them from commits to some of those bigger schools. That's awful impressive. Mark Johnson, voice the Buffaloes, joining us today from Palo Alto. The Buffs at Stanford, and Buffs, uh, you know, they're zero and two in Pac-12 play. Likewise for Stanford tonight, but Colorado is on a, a four-game winning streak right now, looking to make it five straight with a win against the Cardinal this evening. How crucial is this game tonight, Mark, in, in terms of the Buffaloes with the Pac-12 already with that uh, 0-2 conference start? Well, I think it's huge. You certainly don't want to be sitting there at 0-3. Now, you've got two very winnable ball games, Stanford, and I'm just kind of getting a deep dive into them this morning here in the hotel room. They're sitting at 5-7, and seven, um, haven't played great basketball. Their numbers are very pedestrian, not shooting a high percentage. In fact, they're shooting a very low percentage from downtown. Their scoring numbers aren't great. It's a winnable ball game. And then next, you've got a team with only one win in Cal, who just got their first win here about a week ago or so. And so you've got a very winnable two-game road trip here. And the inconsistency we saw earlier in the non-conference play from Colorado, I'm not going to say it's fixed, but they've addressed it. And I think they're playing better basketball right now. Some of that was the fact that they had four straight at home, and they won all four of those ball games. But uh, playing much better basketball right now, and I think this is imperative they come in here and get a couple. Head back home with a very tough game next week with Oregon coming to town on Thursday and Oregon State then over the weekend. And so <laughs> you'd love to be sitting <clears throat> excuse me, at 2-2 two and two, uh, heading back home next weekend. Buffs have won their last four straight against Stanford, so that's obviously a good sign. And I think part of the reason this, during this recent uh, surge for the Buffs, this four-game winning streak, Mark, has been the play of Tristan DeSilva. We've talked about him a lot, but he has come up big. I mean, K.J. Simpson's been outstanding, but DeSilva has really been uh, extremely good, extremely consistent for the Buffaloes during this stretch. Yeah, they've been playing very, very well. And that's what's something early on this season Ted and I talked about. We knew with Jamari Walker going to the NBA that, that, you know, Tristan, who has been a guy that deferred uh, many times, I think, to, you know, his, his the last season anyway. First season when he was a freshman, there were so many seniors on the team. Of course, he deferred. But last year, he really deferred to Jamari. And <clears throat> I think that uh, Tan had talked with him about, you know, taking more of the load and being more forceful, if you will, on the court, more forthright out there, being the guy that's going to take shots and demand the ball, those kind of things. I still don't think that you know, that's his nature. And so early this season, he had some nice ball games, but I still think he deferred at times, and it certainly didn't demand the ball. And what we've seen the last couple of ball games, he's had a couple of uh, games where he was twenty and ten, you know, during the stretch, you know, twenty twenty five and nine or something, and then had his first career double double. And so he's really been asserting himself, and I think that's important for the team. He has to continue to do that. He doesn't have to be a twenty and ten guy every night. It'd be very nice, very nice if he would, but. He's got to be a 15-7 and seven guy, I think, and he points and rebounds every single night. And then what he does elsewhere in his game, which can be so subtle at times, what he does defensively, uh, the assist he can rack up, because he's a good passing guy. He's a very good shooter. Uh, and so he can be a very high-level player. I'm talking about first-team old Pac-12 kind of guy like his brother was, uh, ironically, at Stanford. But uh, the way he's been playing so far in the last four, five, six games, I think is the way he has to play this season. He's been phenomenal. I think part of the reason for the success lately, too, has been taking care, of, taking better care of the basketball. I mean, the, the Buffs are one of the, the worst teams in, turn of, in terms of turnovers in the Pac-12 uh, through the, the early uh, part of this month. They have now turned that around, the third fewest turnovers in the Pac-12 right now. 
that's been a big improvement for Tad Boyle's team. Yeah, without question. And, you know, that's been a problem, kind of a bugaboo for the Buffaloes, really the last, what, year plus now, year almost a third, I guess, this season, is taking care of the basketball. And so, um, and I think part of that becomes part of the maturation of K.J. Simpson, you know, as a point guard. He's got to understand the value of that basketball. Early on in his career, McKinley Wright struggled a little bit with, with turnovers. Well, we kind of forget sometimes K.J.'s only a third of the way into his second season with the Buffaloes. And, and really last year, he wasn't the starting point guard. Keyshawn Bartholomew was, who's now with Oregon. And, and so K.J. really has taken over the lion's share of kind of the ball handling now. And so that's something that comes with the maturation process of a young point guard. And I think we're seeing that from K.J. Because, you know, we talk about Tristan, but it really it's, it's kind of the Batman or Robin. It's kind of uh, Tristan and, and K.J. I think they're both high-level guys, potential NBA guys, and certainly all-conference kind of guys. And, and as they mature and, and take over more of the kind of responsibility with this team, I think you're going to see this team play better and better and better you know, game in and game out because they're both that talented. And, and I think that, that turnover number is kind of a byproduct of, of K.J. starting to understand that and maturing into that leadership role on the court.